everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of the Master Instructor Roundtable, where we'll be talking about all things METS or metabolic equivalents. I'm Regional Master Instructor Marty Miller here with my co-host and dear friend and fellow Regional Master Instructor, Miss Wendy Batts. Wendy, how are you doing today? I'm good, Marty. How are you? Great. Thanks. As always, looking forward to this week and the topic. Hopefully, I think it's going to be something people haven't thought about in a while, maybe past, you know, when they took their test, they looked at the information, passed the test, and then maybe didn't bring this back up for a while. So I think it's a, a time to revisit and talk about why this could be a useful thing to monitor. Yeah, I know. I think it's, it's actually perfect timing because, you know, even you and I were talking that sometimes the things that we focus on a lot in school are not things that we talk about and can play an important role, especially if you're looking at any of the exercise equipment that's at the gym. You see this thing called METS and you're like, okay, you know, it's not baseball. So what does it mean? So that's exactly what we're going to cover this week. If it was baseball, it'd been the Yankees. <laughs> or someone else. Um, no. So anyway, <laughs> moving on. have known me long enough, you know why I said that, but now we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, so this this is what um, our master instructor roundtable is about today. It's what is a met? You know, just as a reminder for some of those of you guys that haven't been in school for a while, like myself, um, and those of you guys that never even maybe changed careers, and this might be new to you. It really is a different way to think about programming, especially on the cardiovascular side. Just to think about when we're talking about mets that you can be in the be in the conversation. And then how can you use this information with your clients? Because we can talk about it all day, but if it's not anything that's going to be, you know, something that you can relate to or even talk about with your clients without it being over your head, then we're, we're doing you a disservice. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you know that I travel around still in my full-time role here with TechnoGym and work with a lot of personal trainers. And I still think that a lot of personal trainers focus on the resistance training portion of the program even now recovery, but they still leave a lot on the table with the cardiovascular training. Now I'm not saying Mets don't carry over to the resistance training, but if we're going to talk about where you're going to see it on product and things like that, it's going to be a lot with cardio. And I think a lot of personal trainers do a great job with part of the program. They say, go do your cardio. And we know that people are not going to push themselves as much, especially if they don't understand what the right intensities are. So once you get this idea of Mets, you practice it a little bit, you start using it. Now I can go tell a client like, Hey, Wendy, today, I want you to be at least above a level six Mets for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's where I thought that this could be a great topic is let's get back to being more involved with our cardiovascular portions of our programming. And then clients are going to see amazing results. And then they're going to want to spend more time with us training. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to when we start to really think about Mets, that we are like thinking, okay, when we're doing this particular activity, what's the bang for the buck? How much energy are you really burning? Because even when you're sitting at rest and you're sitting still, you're still burning and you're using energy to live. And uh, so, you know, when you think about it, it's like, okay, we're at one met when we're sitting still, where are, when we, where are we if we're biking or running or doing that? So which one kind of has more bang for their buck when you're doing this? And is it appropriate for your client? Because obviously if it's a higher met, then meaning they're, you're using more energy to do it and they're brand new to working out or they're reintroducing a type of cardio, then you want to make sure too that you're smart and where you're placing your clients and that they understand what you're looking for all together. Yeah, no, I think that was very well said. So, you know, as we move forward here, just to get a baseline of what is a met and then from there we can move on. So 
you know, it's, as you said, it's how the body uses energy. So this comes right out of the NASM CPT. So if you're, you have this, you can go back and reread this if you spark an interest. So it's a, it's simply a measurement used to describe the energy cost of physical activity as multiples of your resting metabolic rate. So that one met, and this is where it gets a little bit complicated, but again, it's simple when you hear it uh, in the way we'll describe it is a met is 3.5 milliliters of oxygen consumption per kilogram per minute. So it's really how quickly your body's consuming that oxygen in comparison to a kilogram per minute. So in that, the cells in your muscles use that oxygen to help create the energy we need to move your muscles. So at rest, you're not going to have to create a lot of energy, right? As we increase through the energy, you know, the intensity spectrum, your body has to work harder, more efficient to produce more energy. So that's that scale. We're going to see everything in comparison to when your body's at rest. And that's the one met. So you'll see it there. So if you weigh 160 pounds or about 72 and a half kilograms, you consume about 250 milliliters of oxygen per minute while you're at rest. So that's simply that 72.5 kilograms times the 3.5 milliliters. And that's where you'd get that 254 milliliters of oxygen per minute while at rest. That sounds like a lot, Marty. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but I think if we go over the next the next right. slide, when we think about what one met is, I mean, we really, like I said, when you're thinking, okay, we're talking about met, like mets, one metabolic equivalent. So one met is defined as the amount of oxygen you consume while you're sitting at rest. And that's equal to what Marty said, basically the 3.5 milliliter of oxygen per kilogram of body weight times the minute. And so, you know, when you're trying to think of what does this mean in relation to movement, if you know that you're using one met, one met when you're just sitting there at rest, then if you have something like an activity that's saying it's four mets, if you will, then that means you're exerting four times that amount of energy in comparison to you sitting there. And so is it something that that means you're running full speed? No, that could be now that you're walking. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you're starting to think about, you know, mets and equivalents, you know, I started thinking, okay, looking back at school, you know, our target for like a 20 year old could be something in, in the mid 12s, you know, but then again, somewhere in your 30s, it might be in your, you know, mid 10s to 11s. Again, your age does play a role and a factor as well as where you are based on this calculation. So it's not anything that's meant to be all scientific and hard, but it gives you an idea to think about, okay, what's a realistic number and what is something easy for your clients to shoot for when they are doing some type of activity that is obviously going to utilize energy. Yeah. And when I think where we get a lot of programming design questions, a lot of this again comes from the resistance side. Well, what do I do next? What's this? What's that? Well, the Met is going to solve a lot, not all, but a lot of your programming for your cardiovascular. So if you have someone that's deconditioned, you're going to stay in that two, three, four Met range. Well, one day they might be using an elliptical. One day they might be using a treadmill. One day they might be using a bike. All of that would be through that formula leveled out. So if I'm at three on a treadmill that for Mets, and I'm on a bike, when you get to three meds, you're working about the same. Now, of course, there's local muscle fatigue if someone's never cycled before and all that, but let's not focus on that right now. Let's focus on what do I do next? How do I know the right intensities? That's why we talk about meds. They are perfect for you to know when somebody's progressing. So for example, if all of a sudden a facility brings in a climb, a stair climb, you're not going to take somebody when 
the lowest entry might be a six or seven met because you're vertical going against gravity and they've only been training at a three level within the mets right you would know that hey that's a big jump so it just gives you an idea on how to use all the different equipment and progress people and not be really stuck on the programming because that's where i see a lot of people not know what's next or the right intensity let's focus on the mets and that'll solve that problem or help solve that problem <laughs> And today on the Master Instructor Roundtable, myself, Wendy Batts, and Marty Miller talking about METs and how METs can play an important role when you're thinking about cardio, when you're introducing your clients to different ways to look at it without trying to get too complicated. When we start talking about a MET, sometimes it does sound like altogether it is complicated, but it's not. I mean, think about one MET is when you're at rest and you're sitting and where are you in relationship to the, the amount of energy you have to utilize to get some type of activity done. If you guys have questions, again, we're live today, so please be sure to put it in the chat. Let you know, Ask us and we'll do our best to um, answer your questions. So please feel free to add your comments in there too. Um, because Marty and I want to make sure that we help you in any way that we can. Absolutely. So when we look at this concept, represents that simple, practical, and very easy to understand procedure expressing the energy that we're talking about when people are doing physical activities. So it's that multiple of the resting metabolic rate. So I think we've covered this pretty well, but it's in the literature. It's in the science. You're going to see MET everywhere. I'm going to say it's on the bulk of the cardiovascular products within a, a facility. You might have to search for it. It may not be on the first landing page of a screen, but generally it's going to be in there. So that way, you know, now you have something that your clients can readily uh, access as well. So I would highly start uh, using within your own training or suggest using in your own training. Don't use it until you really have a good feeling of what these uh, calculations are on intensity levels. But now you can start using that. And it's another way to quantify someone's workload outside of rate per of perceived exertion. That's great. I love rate of perceived exertion, but we have good days and we have bad days. And sometimes we're mentally tired, but physically we might be able to do more. So you can still use that rate of perceived exertion scale and compare it to the METs. But I like our hard numbers to say, hey, I need you at a six today. Let's see if we can get to that. Yeah. And I think too, when you are also giving your client cardio to do on their own, so let's say they come and work out with you two or three times a week, you know what their activity level is going to be because you're designing the program and you're obviously making it very individualized per the client's movement compensations that they have any or per phase of training based on how long they've been able to work out with you and how well they're moving and obviously goal. But if I tell a client like, hey, I want you to get on the rower and I want you to maintain METs of this amount for this duration of time, it's easier for them just to look at that number and try to withstand it versus if you are doing in the RPE, which is something like Marty and I said, it's very easy for someone to say on a scale from one to 10, where are you right now? But if you're not there, you know, and they're not going to ask themselves that question and then get the feedback because you're not there. So I think this is just another way to utilize some tools that are, are readily available on these pieces of equipment in order for them to try to withstand and maintain a goal that you know is going to be very beneficial for them each time that they come back and see you. And most people like to track things and have progress. I mean, there isn't anything now that we basically do consistently that's not being tracked through an app or data. I mean, we're a very heavily data-driven society. So I think shifting your focus and giving somebody enough that to track, saying, okay, how many METs did you do? Or, you know, again, we can't always train at the highest intensity. Today could be, hey, I only want 15 minutes, but I need your MET level at eight. 
today is going to be a longer duration, maybe that zone one type of workout we're going to do. So I want 20 plus minutes and your met level needs to be down to a four or six. So you, it doesn't always have to push more, push more, push more, but the met gives you the understanding of, did you complete the intensity that we wanted? So, you know, I think it's valuable. And a lot of people all of a sudden when they're mentally fatigued, but still physically capable, they'll like six or eight mets. But if you didn't give them that carrot to chase, they just would have drifted and probably done half of what they were truly capable of. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to look for more information, I know, you know, NASM has done a, a ton of, you know, information or provided us with a ton of information about METs. There's calculators that are there to help you guys. There's also charts. There's charts everywhere. If you search METs online, you're going to be able to see all types of information with, you know, values per activity that are very common for someone to achieve. Again, it's going to be very individualized if you use the calculation. But for example, when you're saying, okay, what is a walk? Four is going to come up very commonly, three to four. Again, it's going to depend on your age. It's going to depend on, on where you are um, physically at that moment. But then if you look at something like, you know, jumping rope, then that's going to obviously be more vigorous. It's going to be more challenging for you. So instead of it being a, a three to four, you're looking at now 11 to 12, maybe even 13. So you want to think about how difficult is the activity. If someone hasn't done anything for a long time, maybe giving them a jump rope isn't the most ideal thing, even though it's very easy to travel with. It might be something that you have. So, you know, if you are going to have them do that, how long is it smart? Is it safe? You know, so also keep all of that in mind when you're going through thinking about what's appropriate for your clients. Yeah. You know, this big rush to high intensity is great, but if I heard this and I wish I could uh, quote who said it. So I, I'm, I'm not saying this is my original thought. I understand it and been thinking about this for a long time, but if you're training high intensity every day, you're not training high intensity every day. Right. You know, so high intensity is supposed to be for a period of time and you have to back off, undulate the program, peak back up. So again, this is where Mets heart rate rate of perceived exertion could be set, but a Met will let you know very quickly. If you get on a treadmill and you start running your sprints at, let's say, 12 to 14 miles an hour and your met level is 16, you're going to know that, hey, 16 is kind of my upper limit for my short duration high intensity. So if I switch over to an elliptical trainer or a rower or you know a climb and I'm at 12 or 10, it might be hard, but is it truly your high intensity? right? So again, it just gives you another thing to gauge to truly get an understanding of where the body's at. Well said, Marty. There's, there's your comment for the day. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. You can now finish. So this is obviously just giving you some information that we got from the American Heart Association. So they recommend at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic exercise each week for optimal cardiovascular health. Marty and I have talked about this multiple times when we have gone over cardiovascular health and different things about ways of doing cardio types of equipment. And this is just an easy way for you to kind of see, uh, you know, what, where, what are you burning? What kind of energy are you, um, you know, having to um, expend, if you will? What kind of energy expenditure are you doing when you're sitting at a desk? Well, on average, it's less than three. So on average, it's 1.3. Remember, if you're sitting still at rest doing nothing, they're saying that's 1.0. But then if you're running over to the, the right bottom right and you see that running at seven miles an hour is 11.5, that is a significant difference. And so these values that we're showing you, again, this is equal to about 500 met minutes per week. So 
again, when you're thinking about designing programs and you're really trying to, you know, build a program that's safe on the cardio side for your clients, maybe looking at a graph like this would be a good idea. Plus, as Marty mentioned and said, and we have talked about as well, if somebody hasn't done that type of cardio, their Mets are going to be, it'll be very high for them. But as you do something over and over and it becomes more of a second nature type of cardio because it's something they enjoy and they do very often, they're going to have to push themselves running higher in order to achieve that met level. Yeah. And what I like about that chart is if when we look at it again is let's assume we're not dealing with professional athletes. Let's assume we're not getting somebody very um, specifically trained for a peak performance like a, um, a competition. If we're looking at our average everyday fitness enthusiast that just wants to age well Sometimes like, oh, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. So now let's make the other assumption that they're in shape to do higher intensities. You know, sometimes, you know, Wendy, you're a perfect example. I know you play a lot of tennis. So to get that 500 Mets, maybe you play one hour of singles tennis a week, right? Now you got higher intensity and now you've saved yourself some time during the rest of the week. But if you're only kind of doing your walking and things like that, it's going to take you more time to get that Met level where it needs to be. So, you know, that's not the only way to design people's programs. That's not a, a perfect answer 100% of the time, but there is a, um, you know, minimal amount of exercise we need. So if you can train at a more vigorous level, that is good, right? Now, I'm not saying rush people to it. I'm not saying everyone should do that. But if you've earned the right to get there, as I always like to say, you know, sometimes in 30, 40 minutes, you can get a lot done that'll carry you for a couple of days in case you live that crazy lifestyle. Now, We'll always talk about, you know, walk up the stairs to work, get a standing desk, do other things to get that accidental exercise. But sometimes, you know, really training, say, okay, I need to knock out this 30 to 45 minutes of vigorous to up my weekly met level. It, it does definitely help people kind of stay in check. I agree. Got to keep yourself in check sometimes. <laughs> We did get a comment just so you know, Marty, it says, thanks so much for sharing this with us, uh, with us, this valuable principles. It's such a timely reminder. So thank you for listening and thanks for the comment. We really do appreciate it. Absolutely. So Mario or Mart Mario, um, you, you guys, listen, I watched Super Mario Brothers with my child this weekend and that's all that's in my head apparently these days because this is the second time I said Mario versus Marty, but we but, won't even begin to but go the there. Funny thing, the funny thing, though, Wendy, is my nickname coming from my Italian family was Mario. So I, that's why I was like, what? like, I almost answered to it. Well, there you go. <laughs> you could have just let it roll off and no one would have known. There you go. But when we're talking about, again, calorie calculation, if you know the met value of a particular activity, again, that's why these graphs are everywhere. You can find a bunch of different graphs to help you out. You're going to also be able to figure out how many calories you're burning. And I... As a reminder, NASM.org does have a calorie calculator to help you if you guys want to utilize that. It's free for you guys to have access to, so be sure to look at that if you need it. But as Marty mentioned, you know, you're going to look at the formula of the METS times 3.5, which is your body weight in kilograms. Then you're going to divide that by 200, and that's your calories burned per minute. And so it seems like a lot. I know we thought we were over with your math, but guys, it's something that if you want to be very precise, that's one way. And that's the actual um, equation that you want to make sure that you know. So for example, again, we're using that 160 pound example. So approximately 73 kilograms. And this is if you play singles tennis, 
that's about a net value of eight. So the formula is going to look like this. You're going to have eight times that 3.5. You're timesing that by 73 and dividing that by 200. And that's where you're going to get the 10.2 calories per minute. And if you play for an hour, which Marty just said, then you're going to burn about 613 calories. Oftentimes, we overestimate how many calories we're actually burning. And so are we being very realistic sometimes to our our calorie expenditure versus how much we're eating. And remember, you need a deficit if you have a weight loss client. So that's where this stuff can come in extremely handy if you know this information and you can really help someone out. I'm also going to throw in this caveat. I wish that I could only play tennis for an hour, but the last time I played, it was like a three-hour match because it was very hard. You're so good. You're if so I could good. win that quick, y'all, I would. <laughs> yeah. But building off what you said, and now things have changed. This is something I always tell my clients, but you know, um, I started training in the stone age, right? When the tablet was actually a stone, right? Joking. But now with technology, we can track things better as far as intensity, recovery, and even calories. But I always want to your point, I say, underestimate the calories you burn by half and overestimate the calories you eat by double, and you probably fall within the right range. But this is why, again, it's important for people to have a better understanding of where they're at using data to their advantage. And it will motivate people to be like, you know what, I can get another met or two on this piece of equipment, right? Because they just don't know that another half mile an hour, like they like to see that number jump up or, you know, on a treadmill, you go from flat to a 2% incline. You see that met level go from 7.4 to 8.2. And you're like, oh my God, that's almost an extra 0.8, you know, to a met that I didn't even think about. So that's the kind of the game that I like to play a little bit as well. That way too, using those mets to try to get people to just that little tweak, just that next little bit. And before you know it over months, they're now from a four level to a seven or eight or nine. Yeah. And, you know, again, if you're using the calculation that we just said, I think that the, the bottom bullet point is really important. If you were to do that for one hour and it is getting that calculation and you times that eight times the, the 60, that's where you're going to get, I think it was, um, I'll have Eric put it back up, but like 480 Mets for um, for or met minutes. And again, your goal for the week is 500. So it's not something that can't easily be accomplished, right. but you also want it to be pretty intense and then give yourself that, you know, active recovery that we talk a lot about. So it's not just about, you know, the cardio component. It's how are you doing all together in order to make sure that when you are going out doing your cardio, you're going to do it to the best of your ability. You know, you're safe. You know, you're having a good day. And you're not under, you're not putting yourself in a, um, in a bad position for the rest of your day because you're just exhausted. So knowing kind of how restful you are, how well you slept, all of that's also very important too, which, I mean, I know everyone knows, but it's also important to, as a reminder, as a healthy yeah. reminder. And, and <laughs> the final part of this, as we move on to the next slide is, you know, Wendy, I've worked with elite athletes. You work with a lot of elite athletes. Um, you know, a lot of us train multiple times a day. For those that aren't on a weight loss program, you get an idea of how many Mets you're burning throughout the day and calorie, you know, now all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I do need to eat more calories. There are going to be those people that are very active and they are, some of those type of people do restrict their calories a little bit too much. So again, just, it's a great benchmark just for somebody to kind of track and then maybe you need some time off, et cetera. So. Yeah. And, and yeah. And when we talked about this, Marty, I know you're going to probably go into way more detail, but when you're using with your clients, 
The MET concept provides a convenient method to describe the functional capacity or exercise tolerance of an individual as determined from progressive, how about the word progressive, shocker, exercise testing and participation. So I know, Marty, you can provide us with even more information because this is what you do and you see this type of information all the time. Yeah, so I just took a screenshot right after I finished um, a ride on my Techno Gym ride. It's um, this ride here was very easy. I kind of did it just for a couple minutes just to, to show the example. So I was at 12.4 miles per hour uh, just to get the, the data. And, and the reason I, I show this is, you know, I, you can track a lot of different numbers, right? Depending on the product you're using, right? So I'm used to this. So there's watts. We've talked about that before, miles per hour. You've got your VO2 max and your absolute VO2 max. But right here, you can see I was averaging 6.4 mets. So it's it's a good, it would have been a good recovery ride for me at my, at my level. Um, you know, I can get into the 10s and 12s on a cycle, no problem. Um, so again, it's just kind of using that as a benchmark. And then I can kind of compare the mets versus my calories versus my heart rate, right? Hopefully eventually my heart rate starts to come down or plateau as my mets start to go up, right? Like I, you know, you can tolerate, uh, a higher intensity and your heart rate responds to that. So plenty of data. Um, and I'm not even worried that you only use METs. I just wanted to bring it up for the sake of this, because I think out of all the data that you see on this screen, people know distance, they know average speed, they know up here in the top right corner, the different zones of heart rate, they would understand duration and calories, they would go right past the METs, they pretty much may know VO2 or absolute max VO2, but they skip right past this number. And this number is going to tell us a lot, very simply, especially if we give it to our clients, is how many met minutes they need per week. Great job, Marty. <laughs> and that kind of brings us to our key takeaways. I mean, have you really considered using METs? Did you have a really, like an understanding of what METs were and how they could really be beneficial? I'm saying really a lot. Apparently, I'm very passionate about this. It's easy for clients to understand METS, guys. You don't have to go into the science about it. You don't have to tell them about the figures. Help them by doing the calculation and give them METS each time if they're doing cardio on their own. So I think really programming it to make sure it makes sense, monitoring how someone's cardiovascular health is, watching them do their programs, getting feedback. If they did this for 20 minutes, how did they feel? How did they feel the next day? What did they feel like when they were doing it on a scale from one to 10? How hard was it for them to accomplish what you're asking them to? And then you need to adjust that. Um, you need to adjust that the way that's going to be in the best interest and safe for your clients. And then it allows them to, to tell you, Hey, that was really easy when in all reality, you thought it might've been very difficult. So, you know, just because you're saying six, and you're pushing yourself, if you're used to running on a treadmill, you put someone on something completely different and you're asking them to do six, it could be extremely difficult because their body doesn't know how to do it. So they're having to burn more calories because they're trying to keep up and keep themselves on a pace. I think all of it can be very beneficial as a trainer, having that foundation as well. And something that we often don't utilize enough, I don't think, but could we, if we did, I think it would be helpful. Yeah. And the only thing I could add to this then is if we use this information, it elevates our knowledge to our clients in a way, because a lot of people are like, oh, I can do my own cardio. I can do this, that, the other. It does elevate your uh, understand their understanding of all the stuff that we study. And I think it's a great way to make them accountable 
as well as I think you're going to see much more progressions in their cardio, which then can maybe add more results, depending if they're a weight loss client or somebody who's trying to compete in a 5k, not taking the cardio by chance, having purposeful meaning behind each session will only benefit you as the trainer, as well as your clients for sure. Yeah. And having a goal. I know for me, like I would be staring at that. Oh, I'm going under. Oh, I'm going over. Oh, I need to try to stay within this, especially if I, as the personal trainer, explained it to the client. This is important. And this is the range I want you to stay at. So, you know, go look at different charts, get a good idea of what, you know, where most people would be. Use the calculations we gave you. Again, if you want to look at the calorie uh, calculator, I know NASM has that. There's also some different courses that are on this particular information as well that you guys can check out. But hopefully it was a good reminder if uh, if you guys hadn't gone over this material in a while. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just great for me to and you to even do a little more research on it to put this together. So Wendy, I'll let you kind of lead off with your contact information. Yeah, if any of you guys have any questions or there is a particular topic that you would like for Marty and I to discuss on the Master Instructor Roundtable, please feel free to find me on Instagram at wendy.bats13, or you can always email me at wendy.bats at nasm.org. And my information's right here. It's dr.martymiller72, and then email marty.miller at nasm.org. So Wendy, as always, you just come with knowledge, great stories, great way to get this information across to everybody here. So thank you for bringing that uh, to light. And I know I'm speaking for you on this. Anybody has any topics you'd like either of us to dive into when we put these together, you can email either one of us and we'll be sure to bring it to you. So thank you all for attending this week's Master Instructor Roundtable. And we look forward to seeing you again next week.